Hello, and welcome to the best of episode of Pickle Planet's Staycation Summer Series. I'm Jenna Morton. And I'm Tosh Taylor. And all summer, we've been asking hometown heroes from around New Brunswick to give us a virtual tour of their community. Today, we are going on a whirlwind recap of some of the must-see spots in our province. Yeah, definitely, because there's still so much to explore, and fall road trips are just as fun as the summer ones. <laughs> they are, Tosh. And you know what? So many of our guests this summer talked about the natural landscapes that change with the seasons. So that means even if you did make it there already this summer, you're going to want to go again. One area that totally fits that description near and dear to my heart is, of course, the Fundy region. Now, we kicked off our series with former Fundy MP Elena Lockhart, so I think we should start our best of tour with her as well. Well, as I said, I, I live in Sussex. I, and this isn't my term, somebody else has coined it along the way, and I don't think it's official yet, but I consider myself one of the tips of the triangle of awesomeness, you know? <laughs> so from Sussex, you know, you start with this experience in, in the rolling hills and the valleys of the Kenneth Cases River. And, uh, you know, here we have really Sussex has staged itself as a wonderful place for festivals normally. Um, but as a result, we've got amazing restaurants, we've got beautiful scenery, we've got great hiking trails. Um, one of the things that has really become popular in the last few years has been mountain biking and uh, the amount of gravel roads that we have. So for those gravel grinders out there, we're a perfect location for that. And uh, most recently, really excited to hear that Foley Mountain is going to be doing some mountain biking trails um, as well. So, you know, our summer experience here has expanded, and uh, I'm, I know that the whole town is, is excited to get back to amazing events like the, the uh, International Balloon Fiesta. But for this summer, I think we should enjoy all of the amazing trails and opportunities to get out there. If you haven't been to the Bluff in Sussex, it's a great walking trail that you have a beautiful view of uh, Waterford and Holy Mountain and that whole area. So I would definitely do that, stay for lunch, maybe have a beer in town. I have to give a little plug for uh, Sussex Ale Works. Uh, my husband knows that. So. <laughs> I would be remiss if I didn't mention and, and both Tosh and I do enjoy stopping for a beverage when we adventure. So. <laughs> <laughs> nothing like a bike ride or a hike and then a nice cold beer to finish it off. You know, and then from Sussex, really, you have a wonderful opportunity now with the new connector roads that are, that are open to the Fundy Trail Parkway. Um, that's been exciting for me this summer because obviously the Fundy Trail Parkway has been on my radar for a while, something that uh, I, I was a real champion of when I was in government and it's been wonderful to see it come to fruition. So we now have the link and uh, as of this morning, I can tell you it's chip sealed the whole way. Um, you can go from Sussex to the east gate of the Fundy Trail Parkway, follow that through now to St. Martin's and do a full loop back to wherever you'd like. You can end up back in Sussex, uh, you can end up in Hampton, Chris Pamsis, that whole area. So it's a really nice loop. It is, you know, it's a significant drive so you should a lot a whole day probably um it's i think three and a half hours if you don't stop anywhere but even after being through there a thousand times i can't resist stopping um to enjoy the scenery along the parkway and then obviously st martin's uh with the caves that are in st martin's as well as some great culinary options there too and you know we always enjoy the charm of these communities as well you know they have a rich history and a culture they also have uh, the, along the funny coast they have a uh, fishing industry as well um, which is wonderful that we have that close 
access to uh, to the wharves and, and those working areas as well. So, um, so that's one route. Uh, alternatively, you can leave Sussex and go to Elma and work your way along through Albert County. Um, first stop obviously being Fundy National Park and then uh, through the beautiful community of Elma and then up along the coast all the way to Moncton. So, you know, that's why I call it the Triangle of Awesomeness because uh, you can go anywhere and uh, next year we'll be able to have that connector road um, through the Fundy Trail Parkway so you can go either way. So it'd be really great. Community champion, Elena Lockhart. And on her episode, we also chatted about one of my favorite hidden gems in New Brunswick Tosh, the Gastoff Old Bavarian Restaurant in Knightville. And it is just, it is an incredible family-run establishment. And if you are really feeling that travel bug, head there because you will feel like you are in Germany. Oh, I've seen so many people post pictures of it and it just looks way too cool. But speaking of food, we learned about so many restaurant gems on our episode with Jason Gallant, also known as the Hub City Foodie Online, of course. And I really love this particular story that he shared. I think that people, I know we get that the saying that New Brunswickers are the nicest people in the world. It's true, but you really see it when you go out and visit these small towns. Uh, one of the beaches we went to in uh, Grand Tunnels, I had a double motive. There's a canteen there that sells really good fried food, so I wanted to go there. But I did take the kids to the beach, so it was kind of a double. Um, but when we there, when we're there, so we have an RV that's about 30-some feet long, and it's really hard to pull in and out of parking lots. So we get there, and we're kind of ready to order the food, and you see the sign that says it's cash only, and we're like, oh, man, I don't have any cash on me. Why, why doesn't? So we're kind of talking back and forth what we're going to do. Like, the kids are starving. Um, and this guy on the side, it's kind of listening into our conversation. He says, oh, well, he said, there's a bank machine just up the, up the road. I say, yeah, I know, but I, I don't know the parking lot's big enough. He says, you know what? Here's my keys. Just oh take my, my car. <laughs> Come on, the street, go to the bank. I'm like, oh, man, I can't take your car. But he's, I said, well, I'll, I'll, if I'll hop in with you and take a drive up to the bank. So he, he took me up. <laughs> we went to the bank machine. I got my money and I got my food. Oh, man, that story is just so crazy, Taj. And, you know, I just loved following Jason this summer as he and his family toured around the province. So I want to stick with that theme just a little bit longer talking about food because the other person who talked so much about food with us and made my mouth water was Miramichi's mayor, Adam Lorden. And his episode is just chock full of great recommendations, where to eat, where to stay. But I really, really enjoyed listening to him talk with so much pride about how his region is changing while still being tied to its history. We're a river people. It's been that way for generations. It's looked a little different, but you know, now in the last few years, what's been really exciting is more than maybe ever before, we've built our lives around the, the river in terms of using it for recreation and using it as something that we appreciate uh, both on the water and from the shores. Uh, so over you know, the last number of years, we've seen new businesses popping up that, that relate to the, the river. Each year, there's more boats and more kind of boats in the river. We've got kayaks and paddle boards and canoes and of course, pleasure crafts. Uh, um, the bass fishing uh, kicks off our, our tourism, our summer tourism season in May now. Over the last few years, unfortunately not this year, we've had the Striper Cup bass fishing tournament. And I can tell you ladies, I'm not a, I am by no means a, a fisherman, um, but in May, in Miramichi, even if you are very unskilled like me, all you basically have to do is drop my you will catch multiple bass. So it's a great activity for people like me who lack patience, for families, uh, and of course, for fishing enthusiasts. You, you are <laughs> speaking to our hearts. <laughs> yes, make it easy. So easy. 
we want that instant gratification, right? So <laughs> uh, I remember going fishing with my parents as a kid and you know, you're out there and you're not getting anything. And so this is fishing for uh, the short attention span generation. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> It's so true though. Yeah, we go fishing with the kids and they're just like, they expect to catch something right away. So good to know. <laughs> yeah. So really, and the other thing I, I would definitely want to mention is that, you know, in Miramichi, and I've been back home now six years, and in Mayor for four, there definitely is a re revitalization, a renewal, I call it a renaissance happening in the community. And almost every one of our parks across the city in the last few years, and we've renewed those park spaces, those community spaces, and uh, working with private businesses into renewing our downtowns and bringing new life into the downtowns. And I've been so thrilled to watch over the last few years. We've had all these exciting new businesses, lifestyle type businesses, like coffee shops and yoga studios and nice decor stores and, and new cute cafes on the town square, all opened by young entrepreneurs who are maybe moving back home or taking over family businesses. So it's been really great to see this new life and this new energy and coupling that with newcomers. Uh, of course, we're a popular retirement destination, but in the last year, last year we actually led the province of New Brunswick in attracting newcomers uh, from across the world. So we're seeing more diversity and more energy and excitement in ways uh, that we haven't seen in a long time. So if you've not been to Miramichi in a while, it's time. Miramichi sounds like so much fun. And I haven't got there yet this summer, but I am looking forward to a fall drive up there, I think, even if it's just to check out the breweries. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I also really loved hearing about Middle Island and Bow Bears Island, which brings my love of nature and history together, right? I know, it's fantastic. And this province has so many wonderful historical elements to discover. They are no way just dusty old museums. <laughs> I was blown away by the history found just walking around Fredericton when I was down there with my girls and my mother-in-law. And our Freddie guest, Mary Ellen Hudson from the city's tourism department, shared one of my favorite stories from the whole summer series. Oh my gosh, we have a whole whack of fascinating facts and firsts for Fredericton. <laughs> There's a tongue twister. Yeah, I think it's interesting the history with uh, like Lord Beaverbrook and the so many things that he's, uh, you know, bequeathed to the city. So many buildings are named after him. And, you know, he was a small town New Brunswick boy who grew up and uh, made his fortune in publishing over in the UK. He was part of Winston Churchill's you know, war cabinet and his right hand man. He shared that wealth and fortune with New Brunswick. So we now have, for example, the, the Beaverbrook Art Gallery, thanks to him. He started that with his private collection. And, and with his connections, we now have like Salvador Dali's second largest painting that he ever did. That, that's been hanging at the Beaverbrook Gallery since the walls were drying around it, basically. So um, we do have people come from around the world, not the summer, but to see that specific painting, that Dali painting is just priceless, really. At all our national historic sites, there's so many interesting facts. And, you know, at Government House, you hear about King George's son who overnighted there and then snuck out the window when he saw this uh, First Nations uh, going by in this, what he didn't realize was a birch bark canoe. So he snuck out the window and and hollered to the fellow and they went for a canoe ride. So it was the story of the missing prince on the Wollastook for a while. And then the legislature, the New Brunswick legislature, another historic site has so many stories and 
ghosts and just um, on guided tours of these places, you hear a lot of that inside scoop and the stories. The tour guides really know their stuff. Oh, it's such a cool story. I literally have told like everybody I've met this summer about that story. It's so cool. Okay. Um, but what else did my family do this summer? We loved the history all over St. John, of course, being Canada's oldest city. Hello. But we also visited the New Brunswick Museum to see the Hillsborough Mastodon. I know this was like one of your dream come true moments this summer. It, really it was, was. <laughs> so fun to watch you do that. Watch you online. I wasn't there with you, unfortunately. Mm. It's still on my must list, but I did make it to St. John and everything there is, well, just awesome, right? <laughs> they do go by the hashtag St. Awesome and it's so true. And one of our series highlights for both of us, for sure, was meeting the incredible Victoria Clark. She is head of Discover St. John, the city's tourism department. Her in enthusiasm for that city and this province. It's just infectious. Honestly, how can you not fall in love with St. John when she's describing it? Again, we're a, a home port and this was where a lot of trade happened uh, throughout the years and it's a meeting of a lot of different cultures and it's the home of uh, some of the most uh, incredible, diverse and powerful headquarters of businesses uh, in Canada and really in the world. So uh, there's a lot to see and do and there's a lot of history here in St. John and you know, not the least of which is our Victorian architecture which is completely intact but you know when you ask me what I what I like to tell people about St. John you know the first place that I always take people is the St. John City Market it really is a gem here in the city of St. John I hope you ladies have been here I have <laughs> it's actually it's actually one of the only things I've ever done in St. John to tell you the truth that, oh, that's amazing. That and Marathon by the Sea. Those are like the two things that I came to St. John to do. Good woman. Good woman. Yes, and you realize that St. John is not flat. Uh, we, call, uh, oh, no. we call the oh, downtown no. of the city of St. John uptown. And Tosh, you will know why. Mm -hmm. Because everything is up from the harbor. And, uh, and sometimes it's uphill both ways. I mean, that's the kind of thing my grandmother would say to me. She had to watch school uphill both ways in the snow. And in St. John, they weren't lying about it. Yeah, no, if, there's anywhere, if there's anywhere you could do that, it's in St. John. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. No, the St. John City Market is a bustling city asset. Um, it actually survived the Great Fire of 1867, and that was because um, the citizens of St. John had already gone through a fire and didn't want that piece of their infrastructure to be lost again. And so people actually protected it in place of protecting their own homes by putting wet blankets and other things on the market. Um, the market is a place where, uh, you know, for me, I go to lunch there as often as I possibly can. I would normally say I'm traveling a lot and that's a gift when I'm home. But uh, now that I'm home, I'm trying not to go so much that I burst my summer shorts here. <laughs> But uh, everything from, you know, you're seeing a reflection of our classic agriculture that's here in New Brunswick. So lots of things based on, you know, potatoes and baking and molasses. But then you're also seeing a reflection of immigration that's happened in New Brunswick and here in St. John. And so, you know, we have people making food with naan. We have people uh, making incredible Korean food. I am guilty of going there uh, more often than not. So great. Italian food. And, uh, and so you're really seeing a reflection on Saturdays. You're going to see Jamaican and Syrian. Um, it's a real reflection of our community and, uh, and lots of great handicrafts as well. And uh, soon to be opening a tap room. So, you know, maybe if you want to have a beer with your, uh, you know, your bimabap, it's going to be available for you. So I'm excited. It'll be really um, uh, an exploration of all spirits, beers and spirits uh, in Brunswick. 
she did such a good job talking about her city. I like I realize that St. John is so much more than what you think it is, right? There's so much more to see and to do. It is honestly one of my favorite maritime cities to explore. You, you can easily spend hours walking through uptown. There's history, there's eateries, there's this eclectic mix of shops. And within the city limits are some of the most unique beaches around. Ooh, we both got a chance to explore Black Beach, which was way too cool. The black sand, a must do when you're in that region. But speaking of beaches, <laughs> a big theme with a lot of our guests um, was beaches, of course. And that includes when we were talking with Jenna McDonald, who is a travel and family blogger. She also happens to live in Bathurst. So she took the time to tell us about some of the great spots she gets to visit all the time. I know that there are beautiful beaches all over the province, but here in northern New Brunswick, I think we offer a really large variety. So in Yahal Beach here in Bathurst, there's all kinds of sandbars that you can play on um, and just walk for kilometers along that beach um, at the low tide. And even at the high tide, the water's only you know, about six inches deep or so. So it's really a fun place to explore, collect sea glass, uh, do all kinds of things there. And of course, it's part of a, a park. So there's actually a playground, picnic tables and facilities there for families to be able to use. Then as you move along the coast, the coastline changes dramatically. So once you get to areas like Beresford, Nigadu, Petit Rocher, Pointe Verte, um, it's a lot rockier, but that just means that there's more sea glass for those of you that are searching for sea glass. <laughs> and then when you get to Beldoon, um, that is kind of my beach of choice because it's the beach I grew up on, um, and you get a really big mixture there. So you have some rock walls where you can actually look for fossils as well as sandy beaches. So it's really a nice variety all along the coast that you can have. Second to the beaches, I have to talk about the rivers. Uh, in northern New Brunswick, we have some of the most famous uh, salmon fishing rivers in the world, actually. So presidents of the United States, etc., cetera, uh, fly here specifically to fish the Restigosh, Nipisquit, Miramichi rivers. And on those rivers, um, you can find Pabano Falls. So Pabano Falls is part of Pabano First Nation. Just outside of Bathurst, it's about a 10-minute drive, and it's absolutely stunning. There are hiking trails um, that are actually, actually, you can hike all the way to Mount Carlton. So there's a Mi'kmaq trail that was completed recently, and I think it's a four-day hike, but it's, uh, it's absolutely stunning, beautiful place to go, and similar there's plateaus on the rocks and you can have a picnic and whatnot and just a really, really gorgeous place to go. I should mention that if you forget to pack a picnic, the Pabano Falls area has a seafood takeout that is absolutely fabulous. Um, the portion sizes are like family sizes, um, but I buy an individual size because it's, it's that good <laughs> that I don't want to share it. So it is really, really worth the stop um, when you go to Pabano Falls. Like that, that already sounds like just the perfect trip, like falls, hiking, seafood, beaches. Yep. In, done. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's like a one-stop shop. It's incredible. And only two hours away, which is unbelievable. 
I cannot wait to get back to that area of the province to explore more. And I really want to check out another spot that Jenna told us about, the Jacket River Gorge, this fall. Yeah, absolutely. You and I, Tosh, we both enjoyed some really fantastic hotel stays this summer as well. Big shout out to the Best Western Plus in St. John. Their incredible service, fantastic location if you're uh, going to do some back-to-school shopping maybe. Um, But you know, this summer we noticed a lot of families were really embracing campground life. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Everyone I know has been camping except me because I don't camp. But anyway, (laughs) some of our Staycation Summer Series guests, though, were telling us about those fantastic camps. And one of them is a really great story out of Woodstock. We spoke with Toby Perry. She is the Woodstock Tourism Coordinator. So um, there's Connell Park uh, Campground, which is right here uh, in Connell Park. Um, You know, it's close to the Air Motor Center and, of course, a playground and all the ball fields and all that sort of thing. Antworth family is the family who operate it. Um, And it's a nice, large, open area. They Actually, this past weekend, they just installed new uh, little putt-putt for their campers. And, you know, you're... It's interesting because you're close to town. Actually, you're right in the heart of town, but it feels like you're in an outside area because it's so open and grassy and, you know, there's trees and stuff around, but you really are right in the center of a residential area. Which is awesome because then you're convenience of everything around you too, right? right? Yeah. Um, it's, It's interesting because some of the people who have campers in there uh, I have a friend who ha- has is a seasonal camper, and he lives like two minutes the way the cro- crow flies, <laughs> and he loves it. So shout out to you, Chris. <laughs> Our other one, of course, is Jellystone Park, and if anyone has ever been there with a young family, it is amazing. Um, the activities that they have that go on there daily. Um, there are a few things that have changed, obviously, this year, but Peter and Janet Clark have been doing this for 30 years. I went there as a child camping and they just like, it's such a family oriented, um, you know, and of course you get to see characters, Yogi Bear and Boo Boo and, and all those guys and, and you sing songs and, and you play chocolate bar bingo and, and like it, it's memories that are my kids who are, who are 15 and 18 years old, like they remember going there when, when when they were little and playing chocolate bar bingo and winning like a hundred chocolate bars. Oh so yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd stand out. <laughs> you know, and they, they like, we're, we're just so fortunate to have, have these two, two great summer amenities in our community. The Northwestern end of this province is filled with so many amazing spots and stories like the longest covered bridge in the world, the storm chips factory, One of my favorite stories that Toby shared from the home of Charles Connell, who put his own face on a New Brunswick stamp back in the (laughs) mid-1800s. Like, who does that? I'm just going to put my own face on here. No big deal. People didn't really, well, it was a big deal. People weren't too too thrilled about that. They told him that he had to get rid of them. And uh, you know what? He didn't get rid of all of them. So if uh, you happen to see one of those five cent stamps around, they're worth a couple thousand now. Wow. (laughs) That is crazy. You know what? That probably is another one of my favorite stories because I love learning about New Brunswick. And one of the places we learned a lot about this summer was actually our most downloaded episode of the summer because I think people started to realize Campobello Island. 
So you had a chance to get there. I did not. But if you want to go on a virtual tour with us right now, Campobello Island, we spoke with the incredibly kind Stephanie Anthony. Yes, she is so sweet and so fantastic. And, you know, if, if you're going to get to the island, uh, September is fantastic. The Sea Glass Festival is happening and it's actually happening kind of throughout the month. And Stephanie and her team will set you up with uh, some insider tips on where to find some of the best sea glass. It's, oh, there's so much to learn from her episode if you're going to go to this island. Uh, a couple things, of course, that you need to remember. Uh, you got to check the ferry times because you're going to have to take two ferries to get there because the bridge to Maine is closed. Uh, you're going to have to follow tide charts. You got to fill your gas tank before you go because there's nowhere on the island to get gas. And of course, you want to listen to Stephanie for the best tips on where to see the best sites. There are so many different kinds of beaches. Like if you're craving, like you want to do some rocking or some mudlarking or some little fine, smooth gems, you just pick which corner of the island you're going to. It's so fantastic. And I've been following along on Instagram, the Sea Glass Festival account. Thank you. And the finds that you share. Oh my goodness. It's just like constantly just amazes me the pieces that wash ashore there. And I started beachcombing, well, a little bit in my teens, but more in my early 20s. And mid-40s now, I'm finding better pieces now than when I started 20-some years ago. So it, it kind of, it doesn't get old. It gets more exciting as I get older. Do you think that's when, like, because you're learning more about it, so you, you start to learn, like, what is the, you know, kind of like the rare ones and what have you. Mm -hmm. I know my daughter found uh, some old pieces of pottery, and that's where I'm like, oh. I like like the broken dishes and stuff, right? Like, cause yes. to me, I'm like, Oh, that must mean a shipwreck. <laughs> a shipwreck or around here. I think um, people just, you know, threw their garbage off the wharves when they broke a dish off it went. And when I pick up a piece of that old pottery, like you say, I think, you know, I wonder whose place setting this was because around here it's entirely possible. It was one of my ancestors <laughs> place settings that they threw off the wharf when, you know, dad broke it by mistake or something. So, which beach is your favorite? Or do you want to give up that secret? Because I know that beach glass combers don't <laughs> like to share. <laughs> I do have a few favorite. Um, of course, some of the favorites are ones that are easily accessed by the public. You kind of have to live here to get it or have a boat. <laughs> a lot of my sea glassing, I have to take a boat to do to get to other beaches. And uh, But that being said, Pollock Cove, they have um, a restaurant cottages right there. Um, it's one of the an easy access beach with a lot of good sea glass and a lot of the tourists, you know, they find that readily because it's just at their doorstep when they're staying at Pollock Cove Cottages and are eating at the restaurant right down there. Really nice spot. Sunsets, whales, sea glass, all in one spot. It's like a dream. I'm sold. Yeah. <laughs> Not in the winter. <laughs> Although it is nice and quiet. Oh my gosh, I can imagine. Yeah, we did our best beach combing this year in March and April. Um, it was a quiet time in between fishing seasons and stuff like that. And uh, so every beach we went to was absolutely empty. And, you know, it was good for the soul, really. So remember, everyone, our series might be wrapping up, but there is still time to get out and enjoy all of these fantastic places around New Brunswick. Many of the natural spots our guest highlighted will look incredible as the leaves start to change this fall. And who doesn't love a good road trip for a special meal? Be sure to keep coming back for ideas on where to explore New Brunswick. 
And if you're looking for another fun way to plan your new Brunswick road trips and staycations, you can swim on over to our pals at Dip to Clam on Instagram. They have a super fun shirt and even more fun contests happening right now. It is a contest after my own heart wash. I love it. It is a bingo card filled with places to visit in New Brunswick. So what you do is you take a photo of yourself in your Dip to Clam t-shirt and the five places that line up to make a bingo you could win a prize package worth hundreds of dollars. Oh, it's incredible. So let's start with this. There's an overnight stay at Caledonia Mountain, a charcuterie from Brie and Honey, treats from Delicious Gourmet Cookies, Joe's Smokehouse as well as Scow Cider, and a tuxi suit. Imagine that. The prize package is just, it's incredible. And it's so New Brunswick. It's fantastic. And it's just, oh, it's so fun. And huge thanks to the ladies behind the shirts for hooking us up with our own. So be sure to watch uh, our social channels. I'm sure you'll see us in our own uh, bingo pursuits oh my gosh, <laughs> as yeah. we wrap up summer and get into fall. Because you have until the end of September to enter this contest. So whenever you're listening, as long as it isn't October 1st yet, you still have time to uh, head on over to Instagram at Diptaclam and find out all the details. So that's the end of season two, Jenna. Look at that. Is. That is so crazy. Do you know, Tosh, we have now recorded more than 90 podcast episodes together for this podcast. Oh my gosh, that is unbelievable. But long time ago, you said we'd do 100. So does that mean we're going to be back with season three? It does. It does. Of course. We are going to take a couple of weeks off from uh, publishing this up ep- between publishing this episode and coming back for uh, season three. We might have a few little surprises coming along for everyone. You know, we got to get the kids off to school, but uh, we have had some fun chats, haven't we, about the guests that we're going to have and, uh, and lots of big plans. Absolutely. Huge plans. Some changes coming our way. So until then, you can enjoy any of our episodes online, of course, and be sure to stay up to date with us on all of our social media channels. The Staycation Summer Series is a co-production of Pickle Planet Moncton and the Podcast Hub. Thanks for listening. We'll chat again soon.